Welcome to 5D Full Disclosure, everyone. This is Aurora, and I am back with an astrology update. We have some really big astrological event uh, events that I'd like to get into. Um, the main one is going to be the transit that we have that is about to begin. That's going to last for about seven months. And this, I strongly feel, um, and the messages that I've been receiving are that this is the window of disclosure. And I know we've all been, for years, have been sharing disclosure, pushing disclosure, and wondering why hasn't it come out yet? Why are we still in this kind of, um, you know, plateau um, where the disclosure has not been fully revealed. There's still a lot of people who just have no idea really what's been going on behind the scenes. And so I just want to reheart everyone that the universe is perfectly divine. Everything is perfectly timed. Everything happens at exactly the right moment that it should. And we are not in control of that divine timing. We are, all, we are all going through a perfect process that is uniquely designed for each of us. And the consciousness, frankly, has not been ready. Um, the consciousness was not ready. Now the consciousness is ready. And we're seeing how, especially the last uh, month or two, there's been a lot more disclosure that is slowly coming out, right? <clears throat> we finally have... A lot more disclosure coming out you know about the the V and and all of that and we're starting to actually see the disclosure coming to the surface we also of course had the big Trump raid on 8-8 on the 8-8 portal <clears throat> and the disclosure that this is going to bring is monumental so trust the process um, but I'm going to tell you why I believe that the next seven months is the disclosure window so we have an extremely rare transit that is about to begin on August 20th, so in just a few days. Mars, which is our masculine energy, this is our action planet, so wherever we have Mars in our charts, this is where we feel an intense passion. We feel an urge to act, to express, to do. And so we're all unique in the ways that we have different passions. We have different energy flows, you know, in the way that our energy is expressed and what we tend to focus on and what we tend to enjoy actually doing as a physical action. So Mars is the warrior essence. This is so when we talk about Mars, this is the planet of very intense action. Mars is not uh, a planet that you know, goes with the flow per se. Um, it's not, uh, it, it follows a, a buildup, right? So when we have a transit in Mars, what typically happens is about every six to eight weeks, Mars will shift signs. He only stays about a month and a half, sometimes two months. And whenever Mars shifts into a sign, it draws our attention to something that is based around that sign. And we will all collectively feel a sudden uh, kind of call to action or urge to express our energy more in alignment with 
the sign that Mars is transiting. This is a natural organic thing and not something that we actually have to think about. We just are naturally attuned to where Mars is directing our energy to go. And about every two and a half years, Mars will go retrograde. And so it'll stay in a particular sign a bit longer, right? But this particular transit, and I went back about 50 years in time and looked through all the transits um, of Mars and Gemini. So we are exiting Mars and Taurus and we are entering Mars in Gemini on August 20th. And Mars is going to stay in Gemini until the end of March 2023. So that's almost seven months. And that is an extremely long transit for Mars. This is very uncommon. And I actually looked back about 50 years and went to see when was the last time that Mars was in Gemini for an extended period of time or just in any sign for this extended period of time. And the last time that Mars was particularly in Gemini um, for a longer period of time than normal, this six to eight weeks, was in the end of 1975 to... Uh, early mid March of 1976 it was there for about four months we are going on seven months so this is the energy of Mars and Gemini before I get into the um, interesting synchronicities of the last Mars and Gemini transit so Gemini is an air sign Gemini is also a mutable air sign which means that A mutable sign goes with the flow and is very open to experimentation, um, you know, changing things up, looking at things from a different perspective. I would really say that the mutable signs are excellent experimenters because they're always willing to try something new. They're always willing to take a different path if necessary, and they're always willing to kind of you know, change their perspective and they're open to learning and shifting and changing. They are not as rigid as the fixed signs and even as the cardinal signs. So when you have Mars in a mutable sign, this is immediately going to tell us that the energy is going to be quite scattered. Okay. So with any mutable sign, which the four mutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Those particular signs, when Mars is there, it's a little bit of a scattered energy, like I said, because these signs are very, um, they go with the flow and they can change at a moment's notice and they're open to experimentation and learning and shifting things around. So with Mars being our planet of action and focus and intensity, this can usually mean that when Mars is an immutable sign, we tend to maybe all of a sudden we're, we want to do 25 different projects and we don't know where to start, <laughs> you know, or we have a million things that we're interested in learning about. And all of a sudden we put all of our energy into learning and expanding our knowledge, or we're really interested in traveling, you know, changing up our environment, experiencing new things. So this is always a transit with Mars and a mutable sign of a lot of change and a little bit of kind of scattered energy. 
Now, when you put Mars in Gemini, which is an air mutable sign, you get even, you get heightened levels of scatteredness. But in that scatteredness is also the flip, which is multidimensionality. So Mars in Gemini is very much, uh, I have Mars in Gemini. So um, it's, it's very much like we, we enjoy all different things. We have, you know, 500 different interests and different things that we like to put our energy into because it keeps things moving and it keeps things interesting and it keeps things exciting. So Mars in Gemini is a really good multitasker. Um, we typically enjoy uh, learning about a lot of different topics, really absorbing as much information as possible. And Gemini is also the sign of communication and information. It rules the spread of information. So with Mars here, this means that there is going to be an extremely heightened surge of the spread of information. This is giving very much disclosure vibes. Gemini doesn't have... Gemini's role is not to create belief systems around information, right? Gemini's whole thing is it just wants to share all aspects of something. It wants to share all information and all sides of the coin so that we have all the full picture, right? And then we can, we can kind of decipher from there how to process all that information and what is relevant to us and what is not. So Mars and Gemini means heightened, heightened amounts of information coming out. This is, this is whistleblower vibes. This is disclosure vibes. This is extremely rapid uh, dissemination of information. So there is going to be this heightened energy within the collective that all of a sudden everyone is going to be interested in learning and finding information. And so the spread of information is going to be very fast and it's going to be very intense. And then it's also going to spark within the collective this incredible urge to research more things, learn more things, and pretty much try to absorb all of the information. And this is going to be the collapse of a lot of the deep sleepers belief systems. Because so much information has been held back from them. And when that information is no longer held back, their belief systems are going to crumble with this wildfire spread of disclosure. Um, so, and then I just wanted to kind of talk about the, the, the other vibes of this entire transit. So Mars will be there for seven months. This tells me that this is a divinely timed window of disclosure. This is an extraordinarily long period of time where the energy and the passion and the call to action is very much centered around the disclosure of information, the sharing of information, and the ability to become very multidimensional, to become someone who is very expanded in their interests, in their knowledge, in their wisdom, in their experiences. So this is going to open everybody up to a, to a whole new window, right? Um, now, this could also come with, you know, maybe something shifts with our society and that maybe people have more time to um, find their passions and experiment with what they're interested in. I'm feeling that as well. 
So here's the vibes though for the rest of the transit. So we know that it's there for seven months. This is going to be huge. Now, some of the energies that it's also going to be interacting with throughout this transit are also huge. Okay. Starting at the end of this month, just a few days after Mars enters Gemini, Uranus is going to go retrograde, which now brings us every major planet is in retrograde. Pluto is in retrograde in Capricorn, bringing down the system. Neptune is retrograde in Pisces, the spiritual inner awakening. Uranus is retrograde, will be retrograde in Taurus, shaking up the financial system, uh, the ideas of sustainability and abundance and uh, resources. Then we have Saturn retrograde in Aquarius, the sign of humanity, giving us the tough reality. Then we have Jupiter retrograde in Aries, bringing us inner empowerment, inner leadership. So these are really, this is massive, right? So one of the main energies that's going to be going on here is that throughout this transit, beginning about the end of September, Mars is going to start squaring Neptune. And a square occurs when one planet in one modality is squaring a planet, another planet in the same modality. So for instance, Mars is in Gemini, again, a mutable sign that is changing and experimenting and open. And Neptune is retrograde is also in Pisces, another mutable, changing, flowing sign. So <clears throat> when you have two planets <clears throat> that are in signs that are of the same modality, they will square each other when they get to the same degree. So Mars is going to be squaring Neptune from about the end of September, early October, all the way to March. What does this mean? Okay. Neptune in Pisces, Neptune has been in Pisces since 2011. So this was a huge catalyst for the spiritual awakening because Pisces is the, is the sign of uh, connection to source, connection to the, everything that is unseen, intangible, you know, energy, imagination, um, the etheric, everything that is very energy-based, Pisces rules over. So uh, interestingly, Pisces also rules over diseases and illnesses because right, the, it's an energy that's unseen. We're not totally sure how these things happen, but we know that it's energy. So Neptune's been in Pisces since 2011. <clears throat> and Neptune was part of the energy that was going on when COVID actually began um, in 2020. So we were having a lot of uh, aspects happening to Neptune and Pisces. We are now having Mars and Gemini squaring Neptune and Pisces. So I feel if we look at Mars and Gemini as the disclosure energy, it's going to be hitting Neptune and Pisces, bringing about the disclosure of the past two years. It is going to be hitting the nail on the head, squaring off with Neptune, which basically says you have to reveal 
something. Mars is saying you need to reveal something. So Neptune in Pisces is going to reveal something. And what I feel it's going to re reveal is twofold. One is the ascension process. Neptune in Pisces is the ascension vibes. Neptune is the planet of spirituality. Pisces is the planet of spirituality. So you have Mars facing off with Neptune saying you better disclose something. So I feel that it's going to really shake up the energy of disclosure around the last two years with COVID. And it's also going to bring about the disclosure of the Great Awakening and the Ascension. So we're pretty much going to be in a Mars-Neptune square for most of the seven months, okay? And the exact square, the first exact square, so we can mark these on our calendars just to see what's going on around that time, is going to be October 12th. October 12th is going to be the first direct hit. Uh, of the square between Mars and Neptune. So building up to that date, we may see a lot of uh, disclosure start to trickling, trickling out. Um, we also have this energy of Saturn and Uranus um, are actually squaring as well. So Saturn and Aquarius, again, right after Saturn entered Aquarius is when we went into lockdown. Saturn rules restriction and Aquarius rules humanity. So they literally locked us down and that was the <clears throat> timing of Saturn entering Aquarius. We all had to be restricted and locked down so that we could wake up, right? It fueled the awakening very much. So Saturn is going to be squaring off in Aquarius with Uranus, the planet of evolution and sudden shakeups and surprises. In Taurus, the sign of the financial system, <clears throat> the sign of resources and land and agriculture. So throughout this transit, we are also going to have multiple times where Saturn and Uranus square one another. Um, this is, this is interesting, right? So this is going to begin happening in October as well with Mars and Neptune squaring, and it's going to run all the way through March. So what this is also telling me <clears throat> is that the Saturn and Aquarius, this re these restrictions that have been placed on humanity, this control is going to be squaring off with Uranus and Taurus, which rules our abundance, our financial freedom, um, our right to, you know, be able to live on this planet as human beings and not have to pay to live, right? Those two are squaring off for the next seven months. This is, this is a shit show for the dark if I've ever seen one. I mean, this is like the perfect fucking storm. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and then remember, we also have Pluto, who is on its last leg in Capricorn. Remember, Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008, which sparked the recession. And Pluto is getting prepared to finally move out of Capricorn into Aquarius at the end of February next year. So it's also going to coincide with this Mars and Gemini transit. And I can tell you one thing about Pluto. Every time it transits a sign, because it takes so long to transit all the way through, it takes over 20 years, it makes sure that we learn the lesson before it leaves the sign. And Pluto's job was to collapse the 3D system. It was to collapse the lower 
system. So as Pluto only has about six months left there, you can bet your bottom dollar that Pluto is going to be testing us of what did we learn the lesson? <clears throat> did we did we really learn the lesson? Okay, if we did, we may be able to have a smooth transition. If we didn't, well, then there's going to have to be a, a, a rather dramatic collapse that happens in order to transition us. So this is the perfect storm. I mean, I honestly have to say. And on top of that, in October, okay, so October, starting, starting in September, but towards the end of September, through October and November are going to be some of the biggest months we've ever experienced astrologically. December, January, and February are going to be kind of that tail end. There's going to be a lot going on, but really most of the energy that begins in September, October, November is going to carry us through early next year. So on top of this perfect fucking storm that we have going on, we then have two more eclipses in uh, October and in November. Remember, we, we started out the eclipse season earlier this year. We had a new moon solar eclipse in Taurus uh, on April 30th. And then we rolled into a full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio on May 16th. And that, that shook everything up. These are very intense um, signs for these eclipses to be in. So once we get to October, there is a, on October 25th, there's going to be a partial solar eclipse, a new moon, uh, eclipse in Scorpio. And so this is, this is going to open up whatever was kind of began back in the full moon of Scorpio in May. So those two are like bookends. So whatever was brought up for us in terms of transformation from the full moon in Scorpio on May 16th, that's kind of coming to a close and we're able to start a new chapter in that area of our lives, right? Then moving on, on November 8th, we have a total lunar eclipse, full moon in Taurus, that one's going to be a doozy because whatever seeds we planted for the, from the new moon in Taurus, which was on April 30th, those are going to start blooming now. And again, Taurus rules over the financial system, resources, land, agriculture. So this is huge. This is, again, this is the perfect storm. I, I've, never, I've never seen a shit show like this in a good way. This is, a, this is an amazing shit show. Um, this, is, this is disclosure. And I just happened to go back um, by looking and saying, okay, when was the last time that Mars was in Gemini for an extended period of time, right? And I shared that the last time was the end of 1975 to, uh, it was actually November 25th, 1975, all the way to March 18th, 1976. So about four months. Um, for those of you that don't know, Mother God incarnated um, at the end of November, 1975 she was born in Mars and Gemini uh, like myself so no coincidence there either no coincidence there either she was born in the window of the she was born at the beginning of the window of the very last time that Mars was in an extended transit of Gemini now I I went and looked back to see if there Obviously, that is the biggest confirmation for us um, in terms of this is very aligned by mom, this window. 
But I went to look back just to see, you know, were there any events, significant events or interesting synchronicities that happened during that last window? Because remember, we're always in a time loop. We're just repeating the same lessons over and over again until we finally get it right. So listen to this. So interestingly, the student loan system was changed in 1973 when Congress first created Sally May. And it started selling student loans um, with federal guarantees and without bankruptcy protection for loan recipients and all of these kind of things were going on. And so the use of student loans started to increase. And basically since then, since the creation of Sally Mae, we have now racked up over a trillion dollars in student loan debt. Um, so interesting that that happened that happened in 1973, um, but it was interesting that it kind of was right before, you know, two years before 1975, and um, we see how that that issue is is coming full circle. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Um, then I saw that in 1976 there was actually a nationwide celebration of the 200th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. Very interesting as we see this is coming full circle here. Um, then I, I, I looked at, um, interestingly, Microsoft was founded in 1975 by, of course, our, 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 favorite, um, our favorite idiot, Bill Gates. So that was founded in 1975. The Apple computer was founded in early 1976. Very interesting because if, again, we look at Mars and Gemini as being information and disclosure, well, what led to the amazing ability to spread information far and wide, the internet? And what was the first step of that? Building a computer having home computers. That was the very first seed that was planted to give us the ability to spread information far and wide across the internet. So both Microsoft and Apple was founded during this last window of Mars and Gemini. Keep that in heart. I feel that's very interesting. We all, I also just was, you know, reading some articles from that time period. We had a extreme oil crisis. We had does it sound familiar? It's just, it's a freaking time loop. Um, there was an oil crisis. There was actually uh, an entire international meeting, um, a general assembly to talk about how poor the national, the international economies were. Basically all the economies were failing and they had to get together and figure out something basically to do, it actually says that they created the International Economic Cooperation, whatever the fuck that means. Sounds like it's just another, you know, scam um, that they created. Um, so that's going to be coming full circle again. We have everything coming full circle in this transit. We have repeating crises that the lesson has not been learned. We have, you know, the recession, the financial markets. We have to learn this time around there's no fixing the financial markets because they're not real. They're, they were never real. They were illusionary. We have an oil crisis. Why? Because we have a sustainability crisis. We don't yet understand free energy. Um, we have debt crisis. We have student loan crisis. 
Why? Because of the systems that created them. So these are all going to be coming up for uh, review during this period of time. Um, and this, what I found interesting as well, that in, I believe it was in 1976, they created the National Emergencies Act. Um, and this was officially enacted in 1976, but it was probably written, you know, uh, end of 1975 or maybe early 1976 before it was officially passed. And of course, as many of you know, the National Emergency Acts, you know, provides all of this um, power uh, to Congress and to the, to the president of stating emergencies. So that's also very interesting because that is going to somehow come into play here. Um, there was also the first commercial flight uh, from London in January of 1976, um, and this began regular passenger service on, you know, commercial Concord flights. Um, so travel, open travel started to begin. So, so all is coming uh, <clears throat> very much full circle. And because again, Gemini is, is obviously based in information, but Gemini is air, it moves. So I think travel and the freedom of travel is also going to be something that comes up as a disclosure, um, how they have created control over us by limiting our abilities to travel, limiting our abilities to share information, limiting our abilities to have proper information, right? Um, what are the what are the powers that have been given? This is going to apply especially for financial markets, for big banks, for the this entire elite sector. Um, all of this is going to come up for review. So this is a very potent window. We don't know how it's going to play out, but you know, get ready for the show. That's what I feel. Stay really centered. Get ready for the show because um, this is the perfect storm. This is the perfect storm to bring the awakening, to bring disclosure. <clears throat> and remember, when, when the disclosure does begin and the awakening really does get underway, the whole point of us being awake first is so that we can hold space for those that are going to be coming into their awakening. It's not to berate them. It's not to <clears throat> make them feel guilty or make them feel bad for the fact that they were unaware of this, we take the high road. We take the high road because that's our job and that's what we signed up to be. We are going to need to be space holders. We are going to need to be nurturing and caring for the people that are gonna have a really hard time with the disclosure that comes out. So just wanted to give you guys that update. I'm going to come in with more towards the end of the month. We do have a big new moon on the 27th, which I want to talk about uh, next week. But I love you all and I will be back soon.